This podcast contains mature content, including, but not limited to, profanity, sex, nudity, wait, what? And the occasional spoilers. Oh, God. Welcome to A Gay, A Bye, and A Book, starring Becky and Joe and me, Shadowstar. <laughs> if you call me Firestone in this at any point, I'm going to slap your face. Oh, she could sit on a cactus. <laughs> Hey, we're back, and we have a fun one this time. Are you done crying? I'm, I'm so done crying. I'm done being sad. Although, I will say, I did cry at one point in this. I was like, damn it, what is wrong well, with yeah, me? No, I, I, I teared up in this a little bit, too, because, you know, you have elements of loss and things like that, yeah. and it gets sweet and sentimental. And I'm so tired of crying. I know. We need a vacation. So what did we read this week? This week, we read The Extraordinaries by T.J. Clune. T.J. Clune. We love T.J. Clune. We do. He's a doll. He is. I didn't read it this week. I audiobooked it because this is the only way to take in this book. I think that if I read it, I would probably put it down because the lead character of Nick is too much. Well, he is too much in the audiobook, too. Yes. But to read it, I think I would just throw the book across the room every other page. <laughs> He's described as being extra several points throughout the book. He's just extra. Extra times a million. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is narrated by Michael Leslie. Michael Leslie. Which is not Joel Leslie. No, my boyfriend. <laughs> this one's cute, too. Have you seen him? He's no, adorable. No, I, I haven't looked him up. Oh, my God, I'm going to. You should. I should. Totally he sounds cute. cute, though. He's great at voices. When he does the extraordinaries, he gets all deep down and sexy, and it's great. <laughs> the entire time I was listening to this, the sass in this book, I was like, this is so Joe. Joe is narrating <laughs> this whole book. The level of sass in this is just off the charts. Why, thank you, Becky. You're welcome, Joseph. I, I shall take that compliment. You should. So, The Extraordinaries is the story of high school student Nicholas Bell and his group of friends. Now, they live in this fictional city of Nova City. It's sort of like, you know, what Gotham is to Batman, I guess I would say. Yeah. And their city has something very unique. It has extraordinaries, or what we would think of as superheroes mm -hmm. you know now extraordinaries are kind of different from like what we would think of as like marvel superheroes because they have they, they pop up in random places but then they have weird superpowers like one of them is like a primate girl that can punch really hard and another one is some random girl in ireland who can control sheep with her mind like Forgot it's very specific it. you know yeah and so so extraordinaries are kind of different you know uh -huh. but this city has two of them now, Nick is absolutely, like, obsessed, like, obsessed with extraordinaries in general, but particularly with Shadowstar. Now, Shadowstar is the hero extraordinary, and his arch nemesis is Pyrostorm. Nick is totally obsessed with Shadowstar and extraordinaries in general, but he's so obsessed that he writes fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can't laugh too hard because I have friends that write fan fiction. And hey, like I wrote that. fan fiction. I, you did. Yeah. You did. Yes. Um, and I'm sure you were very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're very kind. <laughs> In fact, I don't want to. I don't want to give a shout out where one is not wanted. But I have another friend named Becky who also <gasps> used Becky's to write unite fan fiction. Hey, Yay. Becky. Anyway, this fan fiction is like hundreds of thousands of words. <laughs> it's ridiculous, and he will often insert himself into the story where he is like. He's captured by Pyrus Storm, and then, oh, Shadow Star, save me. And total Shadow damsel Star is in like, distress. I've got you, Nicholas Bell. <laughs> uh, yeah, he gets a little carried away with his fan fiction. Oh, completely. But it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. If you've ever written or and or read fan fiction, the first couple chapters of the book are just. Oh my God. I, the first time I listened to this book, I was screaming, yeah. laughing in my car. So. He's obsessed with extraordinaries. Oh, yeah. But he also has to be like a normal kid, Mm -hmm. which is hard for him. He has ADHD and he's a high schooler with, you know, a lot going on in his life. Uh So he's already just a little frantic. There are extraordinaries and then there's just extra, which is (laughs) Nick Bell. He is already very extra, yes. Nick comes from a home of just two right now. It's Nick and his dad. His mom, unfortunately, had been killed about three years earlier in a bank robbery. Bank robbery, that's right. Yeah, she was shot to death. He and his dad are trying to learn how to get along with each other and do life together. And when he's not at home, he's with his friends. He has a fantastic group of friends. Oh, yeah. He has his very best friend, Seth, Seth. who has been around since they were little bitties. Little bitty kids, and Seth was a little chubby kid eating pudding on the swings weren't we all little chubby kids though at yeah one point? well i know i was i was yeah i never really grew out of that no <laughs> so he and seth have been friends since i think they were six mm-hmm. and then as they have grown up through life their friend group has grown and he has gibby and jazz oh my gosh these girls are amazing uh-huh. i want to be their friends and then there's owen who is Ugh. <laughs> That is that is who Owen is. He is uh, personified. He is the one of these things is not like the other friend. It's like, why are you here? One of these things just doesn't not like belong. The other, yeah. One of these things just doesn't belong. <laughs> We're not old. That, no, not that's at all. Weird. Yeah. Every time Owen comes up to the group, everyone's like, why are you here? How did you join our, our friend group? Who even are you? <laughs> well, Jazz asks him one day. It's like, why are you here? Yeah. One day, it's raining, and he's out there with Gibby. They're walking home, and they're taking this shortcut through an alley, and they're approached by two men, and they're mugged. And in the middle of this mugging, they hear a voice, and it is... Shadowstar. And Nick loses his shit. (laughs) Goes completely blank and cannot function oh, and yeah. Gibby is there for it. She is loving it. She's like, why is no one else here to see this? <laughs> <laughs> so this encounter with Shadow Star has brought Nick to the decision that he can't rely on an extraordinary to save the day anymore. And he's had this face to face encounter and now he can actually get to Shadow Star by becoming an extraordinary <laughs> face palm. Yep. That was me. <laughs> Palming my face. So we have a 15-year-old boy with ADHD. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to obtain superpowers. And things start to get a little nefarious in the city. And it all culminates in a huge explosive climax on the big city bridge. (laughs) no. (laughs) Oh, my God. You just said explosive climax. (laughs) Well, there are explosions. You're not wrong. (laughs) 
Anyway, that's the book, y'all. Chaos is the it's, book. It's so much fun to read. It's so much fun to listen to. Oh, my and gosh. And yeah. Nick is a tough pill to swallow, but you get used to him. He grows on you. He's never not too much, but you get to know him. You It kind of becomes, His you know, charm. normal in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get around him being an idiot at any point in this book. No. Everywhere you turn, you're like, no, Nick. Nicky, no. Nicky, yes. yes. <laughs> he is the perfect example of why they say that teenage boys' brains don't fully mature until they're 32. <laughs> so we talked about him deciding to become an extraordinary. Yes. And he has different stages in this plan. Yeah. The first stage is he is going to microwave a spider... So it will get radiation and then bite him and then he'll have superpowers. And then Jazz brings him a cricket because she couldn't get him a spider. And then they start talking about microwaving a cricket. And somebody says, this is literally the stupidest conversation we've ever had. Well, then he's like, I'm going to go out into the field and find a meteor. Because the meteor is obviously going to be covered with alien goo. And then I'll eat the alien goo and then become powerful. Well, and then he's also searching the internet for plans to break into a nuclear power plant because he's convinced that he can just get in there and get some sort of gamma radiation. He's looking for blueprints and schematics for a nuclear power plant. It's like somebody tranquilized this poor boy. Can you imagine like the NSA watch list this kid is on just from his (laughs) search history? Let's move on to the next phase of him trying to become an extraordinary... And develop powers. So he gathers his friends at the river. Nick starts to strip and Gibby's like, oh my God, what's happening? Please don't do that. (laughs) He takes out this ring that he has purchased online for like $37. (laughs) And he thinks that it's going to give him superpowers. And they're like, um, you bought that from a drag queen, didn't you? And he's like, and I bought it from Anastasia Bedazzled. And she performs on the weekends and she's awesome and she... Oh, shit. She's a total drag queen. She's a drag queen. (laughs) And so he's like, I'm going to make it work. So he puts the ring on and he goes and he jumps in the river. Because that's all magic really needs is A, a little willpower and B, a little sewage. And a little stupidity. Right. It was a leap of faith. Then he gets arrested. (laughs) And he is hauled off whilst in his underwear, which I believe have like ducks on them or something along those lines actually they have lions on them is it lions it's lions lions on his underwear they are taking him to the police station and they're like god you stink (laughs) and officer rookie is taking him home and that's when the attacks start happening on the city with the fight between shadow star and pyrostorm well nikki is left alone in the police car and he jumps out of the window and he actually runs into pyrostorm and pyrostorm is like <laughs> why are you in your underwear why does your underwear have lions on it and, and then nick punches him and pyrostorm is like did you just punch dude me? Why did you punch me? (laughs) And Nick is like, because you're the bad guy. And Pyrostorm is like, are you sure about that, kid? And Nick is like, yes. Because my logic and my (laughs) thinking is always sound. So therefore, yes. (laughs) I never thought anything else. Right? The chaos this boy makes by just like waking up in the morning. It follows him like the little 
cloud over Charlie Brown, you know? <laughs> and his friends are so great because they're right there with him. They love him so unconditionally. And I don't know, honestly, how they do it. Because I love him as a character, but if I saw him every day, I would probably smack him every now and oh then. Oh my God, yeah. He's the most selfish person you will ever meet. And it's part of his charm, I, I suppose. Well, and he's unaware of it. Some yeah. people are aware that, you know, they're selfish bitches. Well, let's talk a little bit about the friend dynamic. Okay, yeah. Um, because you've got Seth, mm-hmm. who is his best friend. You get the clear feeling that Seth is great with feelings for Nick. <laughs> Because Nick and Owen had a thing the summer before. They called the great romance of Nick and Owen. Mm -hmm. Seth is clearly jealous. And, of course, Nick is completely oblivious about all of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Seth wears ties and ascots and everything. And it says that he spent so much time over and over again practicing the Windsor Knot on Nicky. Okay, as a man who has worn his share of ties, learning to tie a tie, you don't practice on other people. Mm -mm. You practice on yourself because it's back. Backwards and it's hard. If you're a 14 year old boy, though, and you have the opportunity to be face to face with your crush for like hours at a time, uh-huh. you're going to learn knew. to tie a goddamn tie backwards. Seth already knew how to tie a Windsor. Seth was tying Windsors when he was seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you have Gibby. Do you remember her name? Lola Gibson that is, is her right. name. What a swinging name. I know, for a right? Swinging chick. She's the daughter of black hippie accountants. <laughs> Like, each commune that they visit over the summer, Gibby's like, if I have to sit through one more goddamn drum circle, <laughs> I'm a cut a bitch. <laughs> I think I'd change my name and cut off my hair, too, Yeah, after so that. she, the summer, I think, of her sophomore year, she decided she was a butch lesbian, and so she shaved her hair, and she's dating Jasmine Kensington, who comes from mega money. Mega money. Mega money. Yeah. Jazz is gorgeous, and she's head of the cheerleading team. Oh, and by the way, can I just say, Jasmine's lunches are disgusting. I disagree. Who brings a perfectly plated caprese salad to high school lunch? I mean, you. If you present me with a caprese salad or a cafeteria lunch, I'm going to take the caprese salad every time. No, like it's just tomatoes on cheese hunks. What's wrong with that? Yeah, you put a little basil and some balsamic in there. No. Yeah. And then she's got all this other, I don't even remember the other She's like ones, eating but... quinoa tabbouleh with avocados one day. And I'm sitting there going, that sounds amazing. And I'm sitting here thinking. <laughs> We're all very professional here at a gay buy in a book. <laughs> we use our words. <laughs> I'm just going to go uh, have a slice of Gibby's cold pizza over there. That... Oh, God. I wish I had had a queer group like that growing up. They are officially the queer table of oh, their yeah. high school. Mm-hmm. They're just so individual, each and every one of them. Mm -hmm. They're all very unique. I love them so much. You know, we've dogged on YA a little bit in the past, (laughs) but this is a YA book. The first time I read it was, I think, in 2019, and it was in my top five of books that year. But this is a YA book written by someone who also writes adult fiction. Mm -hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with the quality of this. Mm -hmm. But also, it's written about grander themes. They have bigger aspirations than just promposals and whatever. Mm -hmm. There's greater things going on in these people's lives. 
There's really a maturity when it comes to the emotion of loss and the family dynamic that Nick has with the memory of his mom and the relationship with his dad. Nick has a picture of his mother in his room and he has conversations with this. Yeah. After he meets Shadowstar, he walks into his room, he looks at the picture of his mom, and he says, I met him. He's achieved a lifelong dream, and uh, she's the first person he tells. It's the only person he really wants to tell. And it's the only person he wants to tell, and she's not there, and he feels that loss so greatly every time something in his life happens. Yeah. She is the void that he suffers through every day. Mm -hmm. But you're right. He has conversations with her photo and it's just kind of his way of healing. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. he's so young and so distracted by everything and so oblivious to a lot of what he feels that just the simple act of acknowledging a photo as he walks out the door in the mornings or things like that is... Mm -hmm. Just his little way of keeping it together. And he's very self-conscious of it, too, to the point where he doesn't even want his dad to know. Yeah. Poor boy. Mm. Poor stupid boy. (laughs) I love it because he's, like, having this really tender (laughs) moment of speaking to his mom. And then, like, two days later, he's in the same room trying to nuke a cricket. (laughs) (laughs) Jumping into the river. Right? He's a vast being. (laughs) He is the sole receiver of, oh, bless your heart. (laughs) (laughs) for any of you that are not in the south we have this thing where if someone does something really really stupid the kindest way to uh, Mm -hmm. to acknowledge their stupidity is just to say bless your heart (laughs) it's a southern way of throwing shade sort of like oh you're pretty (laughs) it's like you're a little ditzy you're a a little little you know So the extraordinaries for Nova City are, like you said, Shadow Star and Pyro Storm. Mm-hmm. And they are starting to fight more than they normally do. The interactions have become a lot more physical and more violent. And guess who's not paying any attention? Nick. Good job. <laughs> for someone who is so obsessed with these people, he's also currently obsessed with becoming one of them. Mm-hmm. So he's not really paying any attention to the dynamic other than oh crap, they're beating each other up again. And there are repercussions to that because their fights are getting more intense. That means more destruction on the city, which just means more danger for Nick's dad, who's a cop. And Nick's greatest fear in the world is that his dad won't come home one day. Right. At one point, something does happen to Aaron Bell. He goes into a building to rescue somebody Mm -hmm. and that building collapses and he ends up in the hospital. And this is Nick's nightmare. Mm -hmm. He, at one point, ends up crawling into the hospital bed and falling asleep with his dad. See, he does feel things. Oh, he feels all the things. He feels all the things. (laughs) That's what gets him into trouble. He only really identifies all the things. Only when his world seems to be, like, absolutely crumbling down. He's Mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, I see what I did there. Mm -hmm. You know? When Pyrostorm and Shadowstar are getting into these very violent fights, we're trying to find, like, the root cause of why all of a sudden they've really turned on each other. Mm -hmm. And no one knows because no one knows who they are. But anyone who's been paying any kind of attention, like Gibby and Jazz, knows that... Spoiler! Spoiler! Spoiler. That's a spoiler. 
So everyone, <laughs> if you haven't read this book, uh, you might want to skip ahead a little bit maybe because this is a spoiler of great proportion to this story. So you have been warned. We have kissed the side of your head with a warning. <laughs> you have officially been blessed. <laughs> May I continue? Absolutely. We know exactly who these extraordinaries are. Yes. Two people in this book keep showing up with bruises all over their body, or they're exhausted, or they're just not showing up to school at all. And so it's really not hard to figure out that Shadow Star is Owen, and Pyrostorm is Seth. Yes. It's not hard, except if your name is, is Nick, Nick Bell. Bell. <laughs> the yeah. tunnel vision on this boy. He's like, wow. Yeah, he has some bruises. Well, that's weird. Anyway, me. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick is so oblivious that he <laughs> he goes over to Seth's house. Oh, this is the best part this, in the entire <laughs> book, everyone. This part I mean. killed me. Uh, it had me laughing and also screaming at my car stereo. This is one of those moments where you realize, TJ Klune, you are a genius of comedy and timing. So he goes over to Seth's house. Seth lives with his aunt and uncle. Nick goes over there, and Aunt Martha answers the door, and she's like, oh, look who's here. Nick is here. It's Nick. How nice of you to come and visit. Let's go eat some cookies. In the kitchen. Nick. Because Seth is upstairs in his room asleep. And absolutely no one is in the basement. They go in and Nick immediately hears this clunking in the basement. He's like, what was that? And she was like, oh, it's the washing machine. It's broken. I mean, at this point, if Nick hasn't figured it out, I can't help him anymore. Well, And what's You're so just... funny is she knows that he is so dense. He is not going to get this. Oh, yeah. And she is being as obvious as all get out. So then you hear these footsteps race up the stairs and a door slam. And Nick is like, who was that? And Aunt Martha's like, um, this house is haunted. Because <laughs> that makes the most <laughs> sense. Yeah. And Nick is like, really? <laughs> and she's like, it used to be a tuberculosis insane asylum. People got tuberculosis and they went insane. And then they died. And Nick is like, oh my God. <laughs> After forcing him to eat like 30 cookies or whatever, <laughs> Nick goes upstairs to Seth's bedroom. And Seth is there in the bed. And Nick is like, I just found out that like your house is haunted. And he's like, what? And then he's like, are you wearing shoes? And you're sweaty. Like he's like sweaty. And you're sweaty. <laughs> and you're bruised. That's odd. Oh, well. Guess what happened to me today? <laughs> I feel like that's his tagline. Oh, well, guess what happened, happened to, to me today? today? <laughs> oh, and that's an important conversation, too, because the entire time Nick is sitting here in the presence of an extraordinary, just going on and on and on about how cool it would be. And the extraordinary sitting there going, not really, because you don't have time for the people you actually care about because you're dedicating your life now to saving absolutely everyone. And then also, how do you make your mind up on who you save? Yeah. Do you uh, go to one side of town and save all the people in this burning building? 
or do you go over the the other side of the town where this bus, the school bus, is about to go over the side of a bridge? Right. You know, Who what do you, do you save? Do? Yeah. Who do you save? And he's like, well, I mean, I would make it work. Seth is just like, we're done. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's another one of those conversations where you're looking at him and going, how do you not see this? This dense, dense, <laughs> dense know. little boy. I mean, come on. Yes. Barry. You know, even Martha's downstairs, like with a plate of cookies, sitting there going, this boy. <laughs> even she's like, I can't believe that worked. Now she's got like a journal. She's got to like, we have to keep up the story. Like, <laughs> All right. The plot twist. <laughs> Guys, we now live in a tuberculosis insane asylum and our washer is haunted. <laughs> well, and then... <laughs> When Nick finally figures it out, he is taken into the lair of Pyrostorm, and guess who's already there? Everyone else. <laughs> Everyone else. <laughs> the first person he sees is friggin' Gibby, and he is like, what? How did you know? She's like, I have a brain. <laughs> What's funny is also, Jazz knew all along. Because girl ain't no fool, boy. Because girl ain't no fool. And she didn't say anything. She knew before Gibby. She knew before everyone. Right. And was like, oh, okay, well, I should probably keep this to myself because I don't want to put anybody in danger. She knew the entire time. Meanwhile, everyone else didn't think she did. Yeah, they're all Even like, Gibby. They're all like, shh, don't tell her. Don't. <laughs> okay, so you talked about Nick being oblivious. And we all know he's pretty oblivious to most everything that goes on around him. One of the things he's especially oblivious to is the feelings that Seth has for him and that he has for Seth. Mm -hmm. He's just like, oh, Seth is precious. I love Seth. Seth is great. And me as the reader is like, oh, come on. He loves everything about him. He loves his ascots. He loves his cravats. He loves his penny loafers. He loves his curly hair. Everything about Seth. He's like, yeah, he's been my best friend since we were six. I love him. Seth's great. It's like. Oh, my God. Oh, you, my God. You actually know that you love him, but you don't know that you love him. Mm. And he also can't see that Seth is, like, madly in love with Nick. Mm -hmm. Like, can look past all oh, of you, Nick. You, that is love if you can love Nick Bell <laughs> in spite of everything. Right? Seth says it several times. He's like, I love your ADHD brain. I love this about you. And it's like, Nicholas Bell, is there anyone home? Are you hearing these things? Because this boy is out there fighting an extraordinary for you. Because mm -hmm. Owen is like, nope, he's mine. And Seth is like, nope, he's mine. And so they're out there like and Nick clamoring is like, for his soul. Yeah, Nick is like, oh, Seth, you're precious. I love you. Hey, Owen, let's make out. Poor Seth. But, you know, one of the things that the chaos that is now going on between Pyrostorm and Shadowstar is basically... Pyrostorm knows that Shadowstar is trying to get Seth to become an extraordinary through means that he should not. Right. And so they're essentially fighting for Nick's humanity and trying to keep him safe while the other one's like, no, this would be super mm -hmm. cool. Let's come be an extraordinary. Absolutely. And the other one's just like, no, he doesn't need this. He's got too much else going mm -hmm. on. He doesn't need superpowers. Yeah. Well, what really made me angry in the the meat of the story is when they're at school owen taunts seth all the time mm -hmm. he'll take his carrots and then he'll put his arm around nick and then he'll you know just be really smarmy he'll just taunt seth all the time because they both know who they are yeah and that manifests in the sky and um i'll report it to the public by rebecca firestone who we hate we are very 
Hashtag anti-Rebecca Firestone. <laughs> Hashtag anti-Rebecca Firestone. I love his open hatred for this woman. <laughs> Firestone is this local reporter who almost seems to have exclusive reach to Shadowstar. Yeah. And he is so jealous of her. Anytime she's on, his skin crawls, he yells at the television set. Doesn't he have like a dartboard with her he face has, on it? Yes, because they uh, there was a picture taken of Rebecca Firestone and Shadowstar and Nick cut it out and put it on his door and used it for a dartboard. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so anyway, when Nick and Gibby are saved by Shadowstar, somebody just conveniently caught that on camera. And the next day, it's on the news. <laughs> They've got this clip of Nick kissing his head. <laughs> That's so great because, you know, Shadowstar, you know, kind of bends over to to kick the male pattern baldness guy. <laughs> and uh, and he, Nick sees him leaning over and he kisses the side of his head. And Shadowstar is like, did you just kiss my head? <laughs> and Nick is like, um, no. Gibby is back there dying, and and Shadowstar is like, um, really? Because it felt like you kissed my head. And <laughs> Nick is like, that's the thing that I did not do. <laughs> but let me tell you about this pillow with your face on it that I have. <laughs> that I totally didn't don't kiss. I don't do anything inappropriate with this pillow. <laughs> Anyway, this ends up on the news. And of course, Rebecca Firestone is reporting, oh, these two helpless children were rescued by Shadowstar. And Nick is like, I will destroy you. <laughs> you will rue the day. Do you hear me? Rue. <laughs> No, and she's a she's just a terrible person. Oh, she's so terrible. At one point, Nick winds up saving this bitch's life. That's right, because near the end of the book, before they come to that explosive climax that I was talking about on the bridge, um, Nick falls into the clutches of Shadowstar. Well, <laughs> Rebecca Firestone ends up being pulled into all of this too, and Nick comes too on the bridge, and he's tied to a spire next to Rebecca Firestone, and he's like, "Are you serious? I'm 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 stuck up here with this bitch. I'm getting <laughs> and, my damsel in distress moment, and she's here. And really? what's really funny is that this scene mirrors his fan fiction from the very first chapter. Absolutely. And uh, at one point, Shadowstar and Pyrostorm are really going at it, and Rebecca Firestone kind of falls, and Nick actually grabs her and saves her ungrateful ass. <laughs> and meanwhile, he pulls her back up, and then she's like, bye! Peace! <laughs> and then she like scurries down the ladder. Even after he has saved her life, she goes on to cause him chaos by reporting that he has written his fan fiction as a manifesto instead of a fan fucking fiction. She's like, this child with his manifesto has brought all this destruction down on the city. And, and he's like, oh, my God. She's like an evil Energizer bunny. She just, just doesn't won't stop. die. Circles. <laughs> just going in circles. Uh. She's truly terrible, and I really hope that she gets her come up. I want her Flashfire. to get it <laughs> she, so bad. She needs to be like smacked in the face with like a chair or something, like oh, wrestling or a, style, or like she, you know, gets pushed over onto a cactus or something. 
<laughs> you know, as the battle is raging on this bridge, oops, Nick falls. And all of a sudden, there's this flash of white and he is on the ground. And all of the things that were about to fall on him, they've stalled in midair. And then they just fall to the ground. Hmm. What could that mean? Did we mention before that this boy is oblivious? Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, yeah, no, that wasn't me. Someone else must have done that. I wonder why that light bulb just exploded when I was really angry. Why is this stuff here? Why am I on the ground? How did I not die? What is my life? Why are you like this? <laughs> Poor boy. <laughs> anyway, Nick runs up to Pyrostorm and he lays a big old kiss on him. Which is not, I mean, it's completely opposite of his fan fiction because in the beginning uh-huh. he's so Shadow Star and by the end of the book he's totally macking on with Pyrostorm. Pyrostorm is Bay, <laughs> <laughs> Which becomes his new handle yes. on his new fan fiction and the book ends with the fan fiction, of course. Because he's always inserting himself into his fan fiction, (laughs) his name is Nick Bell. His character's name in the Shadow Star fiction was Nate Bellum. It's a stretch, isn't it? It's a real stretch. Yeah. And in the new fiction, his name is Nash Boleyn. (laughs) He runs a bakery slash detective agency. Because of course he does. Because of course he does. (laughs) And one night... Pyrostorm shows up, and he's like, please, Nash Boleyn, I need your help, and you're the only one who can help me. Until next time, Nick and Seth will be back in part two, Flashfire, the Extraordinaries. When it ends, you don't want it to end. You don't want it to end, and uh, luckily, we didn't have too long to wait before the sequel came out. Like, it was it was months, but it wasn't like... A full year. A full year. <laughs> like, it's going to be this mm-hmm. time. Yes. I know. You know, at least he's not pulling like a George R.R. R. Martin on us and holding off the very last mm-hmm. book until we die. One of the things that I really identified with is the ADHD factor. Mm-hmm. So I come from a household of five people and I'm the only one not diagnosed with ADHD. The impulsivity and the constant selfishness and the rapid fire thought, all of that is just so true to someone who has ADHD. But one of the other things that I really noticed is that he has all of the companion mental health issues that can come with ADHD. He has sensory issues. He Mm -hmm. talks several times about not wanting to be wet, not wanting to be sticky. He also has anxiety. Like he breaks down a couple of Mm -hmm. times. He says he feels disordered, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it is. It's a mental disorder, and unfortunately, that's the way it's labeled because then automatically you're like, oh, yeah, I am disordered. So it sucks, and that's one of the things that I think TJ really brought out of it in this is that, yeah, it's a thing that a lot of people deal with, and most people are going to use it as a punchline, but for the people who live with it, it is like being in Nick's brain 24-7. It is Constant, constant, constant. I mean, even medicated people have these moments. Unmedicated ADHD people have these moments too, but it is a mental disorder and it impacts a lot of people. This is my ultimate soapbox. It's not a punchline to a joke. ADHD is a real thing, as you can see in Nick. So if you're out there, one of those people going, oh yeah, ADHD, oh, it's so funny. Ha ha ha. Stop. Mm -hmm. I'm imploring you. It's not funny. Mm. Off my soapbox now.
Becky, everyone. Thank you. If you have any questions about ADHD, please let me know. (laughs) (laughs) I love having a partner in this that knows about that, that has experience with it. You're not just stating some opinion. You know, you're not just being some opinionated Karen about a thing. You know, you've lived with this. Yeah. You know, you know your experiences and, and you can speak about it. It impacts a lot of people and it's not just forgetfulness and hyperactivity. It goes real deep into a lot of people's psyches and it has a lot of companion things. To see Nick with a lot of these companion issues was like, oh yeah, okay. So this was written by someone who understood what it was like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I really appreciated TJ from that moment on. Uh, I I just love this book so much. It's such... A, a fun ride, you know, from start to finish. Yeah. It, it's so much fun. There's so much joy. You get angry. You're excited. It's like you're on the edge of your seat. Like, what's going to happen? Even though you kind of know, because I think that TJ Klune is obvious because he wants Nick to seem so oblivious. Yeah. You know? And I know that there are things that were written in this book that will foreshadow for Flashfire, you know, so I'm really looking forward to that. Can't wait for it. We will cover that in a future episode. We promise to cover Flashfire. Do we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think you can get away from that at this point. Anyway, if you haven't already, please, 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 please go pick up a copy of The Extraordinaries. Go download the audio book. It's super great. Yeah, it's wonderful. So much fun. You will have so much fun with this. And now you can get... Flashfire as well. So go pick up both of them and that way you can go just from one to the other. It's great. Full 24 hours of TJ Clune. Full 24 hours. There is so much more to discover from TJ Clune. Um, House in the Cerulean Sea, which we actually plan on covering this season. Yeah. Um, he's got another one coming out in September um, that sounds amazing. Under the Whispering Door. Under the Whispering Door. The premise is like, oh my God, how did anybody come up with that? I know. I was reading it the other day and I was like, oh. <gasps> I'm gonna, this is gonna I'm be... gonna cry. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that's gonna happen. Because death is already a factor. But he's got other series, uh, fantasy series and and uh, things like that. So go check him out. Great, great author. Tons of heart. Check him out. We love TJ Klune. We do. We adore you, TJ. Thank you for all of your work. It's so fun to have bright and happy and encouraging queer fiction out there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Becky... How would you rate The Extraordinaries? Oh, I'm going to give it five concentras. <laughs> I give this book four and a half kisses on the head. Oh, that could be taken in so many ways. <laughs> very weird thing to have eye contact through. <laughs> Thank you. We never broke eye contact. <laughs> All right. So... Here's the time of the podcast. Follow us on Instagram. A gay, a buy, a book. On TikTok. A gay, a buy, a book. And don't forget to email us at a gay, a buy, a book at gmail.com. And of course, we want to hear your voice comments on our website. Anchor.fm forward slash a gay, a buy, a book. Yes. Well, this has been a gay, a buy, and a book. We'll see you in two weeks. A binder book. Again, a binder book. I think Nikki's super cute. cute.
Wait, what? 